there should be almost a moment, and you can even create that sort of moment on the Sea of Galilee for people by coming to them and saying, hey, do you really want to do this? Here's the bar. Here's the commitment. I want to call you into a season of discipleship. What are you going to do? Do you want to do this? Hey, friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called Life on Life Discipleship, where we provide you with personal coaching and equipping on your journey to taking on apprentices to multiply disciples. So to learn more about this coaching intensive, visit 1kh.org slash discipleship. If you're interested in learning more about a thousand houses in general and want to check out some of our other resources, head on over to 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. A friend of mine was working out at a local gym and noticed a trainer he thought was doing a really good job and he decided to approach the trainer and say, hey, uh, would you be willing to train me? Can you tell me a little about your process? And the trainer kind of stood back and looked at him for a second. He said, okay, let me ask you this. On a scale of one to 10, how much do you really want to get in shape? And my friend was like, I don't know, maybe like a seven. He's like, I don't ever train anyone who's lower than an eight. Now that is a really specific understanding of when you're going to invest in something with someone, you want to see a certain level of commitment from the person that you're training. You need to do that up front. You have to understand where they're coming from and if they're really willing to put in the effort. Because a lot of people will say yes initially to uh, someone who wants to invest in them. But whether or not they're going to follow through is really much more a result of how committed they are in the beginning of the process. So you want to make sure you're driving at that eight or above. And that is definitely how Jesus did this. If you look at all of the disciples and ask the question, what do they all have in common? You know, they weren't necessarily the smartest people in all of Israel when Jesus was looking for disciples. You know, they weren't necessarily from a particular class or they didn't have a particular position. They weren't from a particular area. They were from all over the place and they had many different occupations and they were in different levels of, of their intelligence. But they did all have one thing in common. If you look at the origin story of the disciples, the thing they had in common was the decision to drop everything and follow Jesus. It was the level of commitment that made them unique amongst all of the other people that were following Jesus. And there were many times where that was being tested throughout Jesus's ministry, but it was especially important in the origin stories of each of the disciples when they decided to follow Jesus. Jesus was calling them to follow him. And we we take groups to Israel and often we, as we sit on the, the shores of the Sea of Galilee in the village of Capernaum, we talk about this moment where James and John, Peter and Andrew drop their nets to follow Jesus. And when you're trying to call people to discipleship, it's really important to get comfortable with the call to commitment. You've got to call people to a high bar um, up front. They have to say, I'm willing to really put a lot of work into this I really want to follow Jesus. I'm ready. And that's what really makes them a worthy person to disciple. It isn't uh, necessarily other variables. The very basic, most foundational variable is their level of commitment. If they're ready to, to, to drop their nets and follow Jesus, then they are someone who we need to be training to follow Jesus better and better. 
Now you see this, it's interesting watching in the Gospels how Jesus handled this, and uh, we, we can see these one-on-one -on -one stories he had with you know, Peter, James, John, Andrew, and other disciples. But there's also times where Jesus would look at the whole crowd and tell them the nature of discipleship. My favorite verse is Luke, 4, uh, Luke 14, 33, where Jesus says when he's facing an entire crowd of people, um, unless you give up everything you have, you cannot be my disciple. And so Jesus said that in many different ways. There's all of these different stories where somebody came to him and said, you know, let me bury my father or, you know, let me say goodbye to my family. And Jesus was always raising the bar, raising the bar for what it meant to follow him and be his disciple. Now, the reason for that, I think, is found in Matthew 7. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus describes a scene that's going to happen in heaven where there are many people, he says to me, will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, we did not cast out demons and heal the sick in, in your name. And Jesus will look at them and say, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. The fact that they were calling him Lord, the fact that they were doing ministry, that wasn't the thing that really caused them to be known by Jesus. Jesus knew the disciples. Jesus, there were people that had developed that real, genuine, obedient relationship with Jesus, and they were his disciples. And so those who refused to really follow him in that way, um, even though they might say the words Lord, were really struggling with a, with a problem of lordship. And this is also what Paul was telling Timothy, make sure you're looking for worthy people, people that are faithful to pass on what I'm going to, what I'm, what I'm going to give to you. And this is a really important step for those of us who live in a relatively safe and easy culture to be a Christian. You know, there, we, we need to call people to count the cost of discipleship. Oftentimes, nobody taught them to count the cost of discipleship when they first decided whether or not they wanted to give their lives to Jesus. But certainly before you invest months or years of your life in somebody, it's important to make sure that they have made a decision to follow Jesus and they've really counted the cost. And if you lived in a, in a very persecuted area of the world, then this is probably not as important a step. Somebody who's willing to follow Jesus knowing that there could be huge costs, have already counted the cost in advance of following Jesus. But in our culture, some people actually have to count the cost of not following Jesus. In other words, it, for a lot of people, uh, when they, they grow up in a Christian family, and it's incredibly painful for them and their friends and family for them to say no to Jesus. And so they've, they've just sort of pretended to go along with emotions and kind of believe in Jesus and kind of get involved in his community and in the kingdom. But they've never really made a serious decision. They've never counted the cost of discipleship. And so we have a lot of people who really haven't worked through this. And that can be really dangerous. And so we want to see people who really genuinely are following Jesus as their Lord, which means master, which means ruler, ruler of their life, so that when you're Telling them to do something, there's not a negotiation that happens with somebody who's not, a, who's not really willing. You don't want to sit there and, and deal with somebody who is saying, I don't know if I want to do that. I, I mean, I, I believe that Jesus wants me to do that, but I don't think, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, I have to think about that. Well, that's not somebody who has really made the decision to follow Jesus. Everyone struggles with obedience. Everyone struggles with, with, uh, with making sure that we can put into practice the things, things we're learning. But not everyone struggles with the decision as to whether or not they have the authority to say yes or no when they believe Jesus is calling them to do something. Somebody who's really made the decision to say Jesus is Lord has really abdicated that struggle. And they're not negotiating any longer with Jesus. They are trying to follow him. And discipling somebody who's not actively wanting to follow Jesus is almost a contradiction in terms. The whole idea of discipleship is let me train you how to follow Jesus, not whether or not to follow Jesus. So we have to be careful 
that we are uh, really helping people face that lordship decision and those moments in, your, in their lives. So if you find yourself having to constantly chase people down, people that are very distracted in their discipleship, people that are resisting the Holy Spirit, people that are endlessly negotiating with God and, and aren't sure they want to obey him, these are people that are likely going to not create a lot of fruit. And so you want to be thoughtful about them about what you're doing in, in this in the, that initial stage. There should be almost a moment, and you can even create that sort of moment on the Sea of Galilee for people by coming to them and saying, hey, do you really want to do this? Here's the bar. Here's the commitment. I want to call you into a season of discipleship. What are you going to do? Do you want to do this? And if you say yes, I, I had one, the first person who ever discipled me literally put in front of me a piece of paper with a bunch of commitments on it and asked me to sign it. And I was like a 16-year-old kid, and when I signed that, I wasn't really thinking very much of what I was doing. Um, but I was—I mean, I really did want to follow. But it, it was—it kind of created a really high bar. About three months later, I showed up to a discipleship meeting, and I had failed to do the things I'd committed to do the week before. And the guy who was discipling me literally went into a file cabinet, pulled out the piece of paper I signed, stuck it in front of me, and said, "You said you were going to do this. This was what I called you to in the beginning." That was an incredibly powerful moment for me. I never, uh, I never failed to take seriously that 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 uh, disciple making. Uh, season after that moment because I had realized I had taken it, I had committed to this, and I had done it somewhat half-heartedly, but my disciple maker was willing to hold me to that initial commitment. So you, so you want to create that moment of initial commitment. Then you want to try to really hold people to the commitment that they made so they get all the way through the process and so that they take seriously what it means to follow Jesus because we are modeling, even in the way that we're, we're calling people into discipleship, what discipleship is. And when we make it so simple and lower the bar endlessly for people and constantly apologize for having to call people to commitment and to action uh, and to obedience, then we're saying something about the nature of discipleship that really isn't consistent with the way Jesus talked about discipleship, the way he talked to people. And so oftentimes when you're calling people, you want to lay out that commitment. We're going to talk about what that could look like, you know, but you want to spell out all the elements of it and really let them consider the cost of what that means. And of course, it doesn't mean if they say no that they're not following Jesus. Maybe they're not ready for that season of discipleship with you. Um, we're just conduits or trainers to help people do that. So, But we definitely want to make sure that the, the way we're doing that is consistent with the way Jesus did that. So how do you guys feel about making people, um, about raising the bar of disciple making in that early stage of calling people? Um, and I would say the number one mistake I see people make that are really committed to disciple making is, is the way that they're calling people. They oftentimes just do not raise the bar high enough, and so they end up investing so much time in people that really aren't committed to discipleship. And that can be very discouraging. A lot of people quit discipleship and disciple-making because they have had multiple failures because of this problem. So do you find yourself somebody who can really um, call people to that commitment? Are you willing to just model what Jesus did in those, in those stories in the, in the New Testament and the Gospels? Uh, do you find yourself making excuses for people? I struggle with this very much, and so I really need to be reminded constantly of, of, this, of this, uh, this principle. Like, we need to raise the bar high, call people to a high bar, and then hold them to that high bar. And people will, will, you'll be surprised, I've been very surprised, when you do that and you do that consistently, uh, you will find that people uh, will, will really rise to the challenge um, at, a, at a rate that's much higher 
than if you lower the bar. And so that's that's what we're trying to do in disciple making. Um, and so we want to talk through that. So I would love for you to to take a little a little bit of time and think through is how how are you how do you feel about this about calling people to to a high bar commitment? Um, what are some ways that you can say that that's really authentic to the way that you you think and feel, but is also consistent with the way that that Jesus uh, called people to a season of commitment. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a deep desire to actually make disciples in your context, but you simply don't know how, we'd love to invite you to apply for our coaching intensive called Life on Life Discipleship, where you're going to work through online content and receive personal coaching on this journey to making disciples that multiply. So for more information and to apply for this coaching, head over to 1kh.org slash discipleship. We'll see you for the next episode.